Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me tonight, Night Pod. I've got my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Just rushed home after the game so that we could do this pod. And what a pod it will be. We've got so much to talk about. We've got a lot to talk Thrilling about. Thrilling first quarter. Really fun first quarter. First half. Yeah, yeah. First, first half. Yeah, first half was fun. Uh, the Thunder yeah. lose to the Bulls. Does it matter what the score is? <laughs> 103 nope. to 124. Uh, so let's talk positives first from this game. I think the number one positive number one positive thing is Shea looked really good on both ends tonight. He was shifty. He was getting in the lane. He was getting to the free throw line. He had six free throw attempts in 19 minutes, finished with 12 points, three boards, three assists, a steal, uh, and only one turnover. I thought he looked very good tonight against like starting level NBA talent. Yeah, he was getting wherever he wanted. Um, he was getting deep into the lane on almost every possession. And I went back and rewatched the first quarter. He had five potential assists that like were wide open threes. Yeah. Two to Al Horford, one to Justin Jackson, and two to Dort. He was running like the same play every single time where he would just get to the lane and then make really good, accurate passes. He had one bad pass, I thought, out where one time he hit Dort like around his knees. But all the other passes were perfect mm-hmm. and they got they they were generating these amazing wide open looks. It's just no one could hit them and that's why he only had I think you said three assists. Mm-hmm. But it was there. And it was funny on Twitter uh Matt Moore from the Action Network yep. tweeting the first quarter that uh basically is is Shea too good? Is he too good to too tank? Too good to tank. Is he too good to tank? He's good. He's really Which good. He is. And I don't know if he's too I, good to tank, but he's super good. He's just so confident, and the way he drives is just so patient. Mm-hmm. He is not in a rush to get anywhere, and it seems, at least tonight, most of the time, I'd say like 90% of the time, he was making the right decision. And when he took the ball himself, I thought the moves he were making, as we saw last year, you know, he just has all these like little crafty moves he has to get himself a shot. It feels like he can get that shot whenever he wants. Yeah, he's he's um, a lot so bigger was, and he's a lot bigger and stronger this year than he was last. Yes. Which is helpful. Especially and he did this a, a two times, maybe three times. Got to the rim and finished over contact, which is something that he needed to be able to do last year a little bit better and he was doing it with ease tonight. So so that was very encouraging. Uh, positive thing number two. I thought Darius Baisley looked great in his 19 minutes. Uh, really active on the defensive end. I thought that his shot looked really good. He also dribbled into a mid-range jump shot that looked really good. He shot that with ease. Uh, he hit a three. I thought he looked great. Three of five overall from the field. I thought that Baisley looked improved and he looked stronger his probably the most impressive play though was he got all the way to the rim and finished over contact which is that's it's going to be very important for these young guys because that's for Baisley that's the difference between him being like a three and d guy and then being 
a guy that can do way more is if he can get to the rim and finish because we already know that he can grab and go that he's a pretty good passer he finished with two assists tonight as well i think he did he showed some flashes tonight that made me think okay like there there might be more here than just like a trevor ariza type player and it's so funny that looking at where he came from a year ago 12 months ago where we didn't even know if he was going to get time on the court mm-hmm. And now he's at the point where he doesn't even have to play in the second half. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the established veterans on the team. And you can't say that his first half play didn't justify it because similar to Shea, like he just looked really confident yep. on offense. Um, and, he, and he looked good on defense as well. So, yeah, I thought that was another positive thing. Positive thing number three. I don't know how many we're going to have. I guess we should have. Just keep going. <laughs> uh, Al Horford. <laughs> Rejuvenated Al Horford, fifteen minutes and fifteen points in fifteen minutes, seven boards and assists, a steal, only two turnovers. Uh, I felt like the the team was leaning on him a lot. They were looking for him uh, under the basket. They were he was setting some really nice screens. He was just very helpful to what the offense wanted to do. He was always in the right place, always doing the right things, scoring around the basket. He was great. He looked he looked rejuvenated. He looked like looked like a guy that needs to play for somebody else. Yeah, it was fun uh, when they flashed his stats from the previous season, and you're like, "Wow, he really only had 11 and six. Like, he, there's no way he doesn't average like 17 and eight at least. He was 15 and seven in 15 minutes tonight. Like he can he can do whatever he wants, and it's. It's funny because it's he's not the type of player where he's gonna like take over on offense. Mm-hmm. Like it never you watch that first half and like you would notice him, but it wasn't it didn't feel like he was dominating the ball. Right. Like he's just going to get a lot of easy points, especially when you're playing with a point guard like Shea, who's really good in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he looked great. And if he keeps that up, someone will want to trade for him. And this like this kind of even ties into Giannis. Like Giannis signing that deal opens up a lot of teams that could be willing to make a Horford deal that maybe just want to get better and you don't have to worry about next year's free agency. Like next year's free agency was supposed to be a really big deal. Then Paul George resigned. Then Giannis resigns. And now next year's free agency is going to be about as exciting as this past year. <laughs> I mean, Victor- especially if uh, Gobert signs his signs something in the next five days. Yeah, and Gobert has a deal on the table. They're just waiting for him right. to sign it. So if Gobert yeah. signs, then yeah, it's it's going to be very boring. And if Horford looks like this for the first twenty games of the season, there may be a team like oh, okay, we could he could be a piece for us. Like Dallas could be like, oh, that's a piece for us. Or somebody could say that's a piece for us that maybe thought they needed to keep the powder dry for the 2021 uh, free agency. So it's good to see Al Horford. He was very engaged, very engaged on the bench. Lots of clapping. Uh, I could hear his individual Mm. claps from my seat. (laughs) Were you on the opposite side of the players? Yeah, I was like directly across from the players. I guess we could talk about the experience of being there. It was a very weird experience. So it looks like you had your own little pod. Yeah. So all, all, everybody's little cubicle was separated by plexiglass. And so it was like Royce, Joe Masato, me, uh, 
and we're just sitting there watching the game. There's hardly anybody else in the building. We have to like take our temperature going in. We have to use this this app that's mandated by the league uh, in order to to get in. That like helps check our symptoms. It has like our photo ID in it. It has like an actual like a photo that we took on our cameras on our phones. It's maybe the worst photo of me I've ever seen taken by myself or by anybody else. It's just a, just a horrific <laughs> photo that I have on there. Uh, they go in and they give you your box dinner, which I was very intrigued about the box dinner. Uh, you, I think that I put a tweet out there that has the box dinner, but it was just, just a sandwich uh, labeled incorrectly. It said ham and Swiss. Wow. It was turkey and Swiss. This ended up being pretty good. Presty's going to be pissed about He's that. He's going to be super pissed. Uh, the most delightful thing about the boxed dinner was uh, sliced pineapple in a baggie. I saw that, and I was wondering if that was sliced pineapple, but I was like, that, that'd be a weird thing to just put in a plastic bag, but uh, okay. So yeah, it was sliced pineapple. It was, and it was delightful. Yeah, it was great. Um, so... Yeah, you're in the arena. You can hear like the squeaking of the shoes. You can hear the basketball bouncing during the game. The music is not very loud. The in, there's some like in arena like noise that they want to make it sound like the arena, but it wasn't on point and it wasn't great. Uh, and it wasn't that wasn't that loud. Uh, people are making fun of me because the music was incredibly loud during halftime. <laughs> Like the buzzer sounds <laughs> halftime, the teams go in and then they just bump ludicrous as loud as possible <laughs> or you can't hear. It. I'm maybe five feet from Royce and I have to scream at him. Who is this music for? Who are they playing this for? Because <laughs> it's because are the are the uh, are the Thunder Girls there? N- there's no Thunder Girls. There's no Rumble. Hmm. There's no no. There's no Storm Chasers. It's just. We're just sitting there. Everybody's just sitting there doing their job <laughs> with just music just blaring, uh, which is just hilarious. Because I did see that the, the Pistons did have their dancers oh, really? come in, and they have them at the entrances to like all the tunnels, like in Loud City, basically, uh-huh. or like on, or in the middle section. And every single break, they just cut to one single dancer dancing. Uh-huh. And that's the only entertainment provided. So you just watch a single person dancing for 30 seconds and it goes back to the game. Dude, it's... uh, (laughs) The Thunder are being extra cautious with everything, which I think is the right move. I think it's a really good move. I mean, you look at like the Raptors games, they're going to have 3,500 people are going to come to the games. It's like, why? Why are we doing this? Uh, Thunder are being extra cautious. They're not letting many people in the building at all. If you're going to the building, like you're doing temperature checks, you have to do all these things mandated by the NBA. No Thunder Girls, no Rumble, no none of that. They even pre-recorded the pre-game prayer and national anthem and put it on as like a as like a movie up there on the jumbotron before and it was very very weird it just had a really weird feel to it everybody's kind of looking around um but yeah it was it was strange but the thunder aren't taking any chances i think it's very good i think it's a really good look for the thunder and it's just the right thing to do so uh everybody's masked up the whole time like media members are masked up the whole time 
sit down at your little plexiglass station and eat your sandwich and you just sit there the whole time you're just there uh, but it was I mean it was really I think they've done a really good job um, of making it feel safe and um, secluded and then like the basketball the basketball itself is just strange and um, Isaiah Roby even talked about how it just had a wheel a weird feel to it and that he said that they even talked he was talking to the guys on the Bulls like how weird does the, is this because there's nobody cheering for you you have to kind of create your own energy kind of thing and it's just a strange and I, and I feel like the bubble the bubble both from the viewing experience and I'm assuming from the player experience felt like a more intimate thing yeah because it was such a smaller uh, site yep. and it's just I, I mean I'm I'm assuming you were there. It probably just felt cavernous to just be in this like giant building where there's maybe a hundred people there. It's giant. And <laughs> one of the funny things is you still have the PA announcer like going, Justin Jackson, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's just sitting there. <laughs> so that, that is the weird part about it is that he's still just going just all he's just going full in as if there are people there uh, so I guess they're trying to give the players like a similar feel but it's uh it's you can you can tell that that part is like very manufactured and very very strange um, but overall it's it's probably the best the NBA can do at this point uh, with the the state of COVID and the state of just where we are in the United States and to, if I don't know, I mean, I can only speak for what the Thunder are doing. But if everybody's doing something close to what the Thunder are doing, I think it'd be a, it's a very safe environment. Obviously, there's going to be positive cases amongst players and stuff as this goes along. But I feel like the Thunder are doing an extremely good job of being cautious. And I'm, I was really pleased with how everything went tonight. tonight there. So that that maybe that's positive thing number four. Do you have a yeah. positive thing number five? Uh, positive thing number five. Uh, I thought Tell Maldon. Tell Maldon was great again. He didn't. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball like he did the other night. I mean, he's three of nine overall. Uh, his three ball still looks really good. He was two of five. I just think he he just plays with still a lot of patience and poise. I think he's a legit backup point guard today and has a chance to be more than that eventually. And I think if you're worried, which I'm starting to get a little bit worried just about like how good is this Thunder team going to be, mm-hmm. I think one of the worries you have is that if you have a competent point guard, a backup point guard, who can run a just a competent offense, it doesn't have to be amazing, mm-hmm. maybe you won't see a massive drop-off from the starters to the bench. Because I'm looking at this starting lineup and it's like if you have Shea, George Hill, Dort, Baisley, and Horford. Yeah, I know. Like that's solid. It's nice. I don't. Like it's. I don't know. I don't know like how positive of a lineup it'll be, or if it'll even be positive. But it's not going to be a huge negative. I know that. Yeah, they won't be. Like they're going to hang with most teams most nights. Yep. And so, how are you going to lose? <laughs> it would probably be from the bench lineup yeah. being bad. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're against tanking you'd probably be pretty excited because Teo looks like someone who can lead an offense. Yeah. And who knows what the players around him are going to look like? Cause we saw in that second half that if you surround him with G league guys, 
they're still going to get blown out. Yeah. Um, but when Shea's getting, you know, 30 plus minutes a night, Bays is getting 30 plus minutes a night, Horford's getting 30 plus minutes a night, you're going to have these, some bench units where some of those starters are mixed in. I am starting to get a little worried that they're going to be not like a playoff team. You know, I don't think this is like last year. Yeah. But I'm starting to get worried that they could be like, I don't know, like a 34 win team. Is that possible? 30. I hope not. I, I, uh, like 82 games. The season. equivalent of a 34 win team. Yeah. 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 I mean, they could be, yeah, they could win 32 games, like the equivalent of 32 games. I could see that happening if they keep yeah. these guys. Like they, Right. They need to trade George Hill ASAP. Uh, and just keep Justin Jackson in the starting lineup because he sucks. <laughs> like He's not good. He's, he's not very good. Like, he's going to hit some shots sometimes, and he'll have a game where he hits six threes. Cool. He's not good. Like, he is a horrible defender. He He's just not any good. He's just like flat out not good. Like the minus 24 that's that's in the in the box score. Yep, checks out. Yeah, I, I did notice that he had the worst plus minus. I mean, um, do you disagree? No, no. I mean, there are definitely guys who are not good on this team. Yeah. And who will not affect winning in any way. <laughs> and we'll see how many of those guys play. Because, like, we didn't even see TJ Leaf tonight. I still don't really know what he's going to look like. No TJ Leaf tonight. I was talking with Joe Masato about that. Like does that obviously it really doesn't mean a whole lot. I th- does that mean he's a lock? Don't even need to see him. I don't know. We we know what we got in TJ. <laughs> I Lee. have no idea what it means. I th- obviously they were wanting to see what they have in Isaiah Roby tonight. That was a a big thing that they were wanting to do. I think they were obviously wanting to get Moses Brown some run, and so if you're playing both those guys, you can't play TJ Leaf. But I don't I don't take a whole lot from it. I mean, even if they did cut TJ Leaf, which I would be fine with, honestly, any of these guys they cut is probably the, one of the most inconsequential things that happens all season. <laughs> you know, like, we're we're kind of right. We're thinking about it too much because honestly, whether they cut TJ Leaf or Isaiah Roby or Kenrich Williams Moses. or even Frank Jackson or Admiral Schofield, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like none of that matters. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Which is, honestly, I I am excited about this season just in terms of the watchability because in both of these first two preseason games, we have seen competent basketball being played. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because I remember those process sixers where you're not looking at the development of like a true prospect like Shea or Bayes. You're, you're talking yourself into Tony Roten. You're telling yourself, Tony Roten, I think he could be something. I know. I think he'd be something. I know. Which is just like, you know, like a low efficiency gunner. Yeah. Which, which you find on like truly bad teams. Uh-huh. And, and that was awful because they did, they, especially at the beginning, I mean, you basically had MCW and that was it. We have so many more interesting prospects to watch. And yep. it, it appears that they're going to be playing some entertaining basketball. Mm-hmm. So that's good, both for watchability, but also for actually evaluating these guys. Yep. I, I think that the data we're going to get from this season is going to be relevant, and we're going to be able to use it. Whereas I, I don't think you could say that with some of those Sixers teams. Without a doubt. If you don't have at least one competent point guard 
to just set the table, it's impossible to know if you have a, a good wing or a good big man. Like, it's just impossible to know. I mean, they may have, well, I don't, I mean, it's just, it's good that the Thunder have those guys because one, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if you're the team that wins nine games anymore because the, the bottom three teams have the same odds. So you don't have to be just the worst team ever to get there. And the Thunder may still lose. They still may be in the bottom three. I mean, that could still, that could definitely still happen because I think the bench is bad enough to lose them a lot of games. Like, I think, I think Maladon is probably the best guy off the bench. Uh, right. And he's a, a teenager. <laughs> You know, like he's he's not going to affect winning at a high level. He, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of Monte Morris a little bit. Like bigger point guard, kind of plays more upright, uh, can shoot it, really good passer. Kind of reminds me of him. Like that's, I, I mean, if he turns out to be as good as Monte Morris, that's like it's that's a really good comp. Somebody in the chat asked if he could be as good as Tony Parker. Like, like Tony Parker is a Hall of Fame player. He won Finals MVP. <laughs> So let's let's pump the brakes and let's dial it back to like can he be as good as Monte Morris? Because if he can be, if, if that's what he can achieve, I mean that's a really nice player to get in the second round. Yeah, he just got a contract extension. He did. A, yeah, he got paid. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, let's see. Anything but else? That was positive? that was five positive. Anything else positive? I mean, uh, so Poku was kind of like in between. Yeah. But I will say that I do think he he played better tonight. Yeah. I did not laugh as much. <laughs> in fact, I only think I laughed once when he it looks like he crossed himself up on the defensive end. Yeah. He's so like jumpy on defense. Mm-hmm. Like he just like sways back and forth so easily that he gets out of position almost every single time. Mm-hmm. But I thought the rest of his he was not gunning the way he was against San Antonio. No. He was much more controlled yeah. and there was a point in the second half where he had three plays, not consecutive but pretty close together, where he made great interior passes to Moses Brown yep. and Moses only converted one of them. Mm-hmm. But all three of those passes were really good. And and really showed uh like some basketball IQ and some playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. And so I like seeing that. Yep. So he didn't have his shot tonight, but I actually thought he looked better overall. He looked more like an NBA player. Yeah. he's a, He was a stat sheet stuffer tonight. Seven points. Was he really? Seven points, one block, two steals, two assists, seven boards. Wow. Got to draft him. Draft him in fantasy. He's a, he's a sleeper. He's fast asleep. Uh, yeah, he was... He, he has a... He's a project. He is the youngest player in the league. We're going to be saying that all year. The youngest player. It will in the always league. be true, and it's still going to be true. He's got a long way to go. I mean, he just does, but he's got like foundational skills that are going to help him to get there. And I hope they just continue to play him. I was really glad to see him play twenty-three minutes. I was a little afraid when we saw Justin Jackson start. It's like, oh boy. And then you've got um, like Hami played a lot. You've got. And I was just like, I hope that he plays. But he played 23 minutes. That's great. I hope that we continue to see uh, at least you know 15 minutes from him going forward. Uh, he's I, He still has a chance to be a really nice player. 
there's nothing I've seen that's discouraging with him at all, actually. I mean, he's he still plays with a level of confidence that uh, is still a little bit surprising to me. Uh, whenever he's on the court, I still just think about him saying, he answered this question twice um, to the media. It's like, people asked him, like, who inspires you like as a player? He just says, I just play my game. I just play my game. I just keep thinking of him saying that while he's out there just <laughs> doing stuff. Um, okay, bad things. Bad, bad things that happened. Lou Dort was super bad tonight, super terribly bad. He was completely out of rhythm, 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Uh, looked just out of sorts altogether on the offensive end. Only played 18 minutes tonight, but uh, – just didn't look good. And that's I mean, that's the kind of variation you're gonna get from a guy like Lou Dort, who is not a good shooter. We I know he scored thirty points in the the game you saw previous to this him play, but um, <laughs> Yeah, Andrew's last game. He scored thirty <laughs> he, uh, points. This is kind of variance you're gonna see. And also, we don't know I think he had COVID. I don't know if he had COVID. I can't say definitively that he did, but I know that he was not with the team for a majority of training camp. And so he's still just trying to probably get his legs under him and kind of figure out what Mark Dagnall wants him to do because he was just kind of doing stuff out there. Uh, speaking of doing stuff, Hamadou Diallo out there. Doing stuff. Doing doing stuff. One of eight from the field, O of two from three. Just took some of the most god-awful shots yeah. <laughs> out there. It's uh, great. I'm going to go ahead and nominate Amadou Diallo as the tank commander of the Oklahoma City Thunder because yeah. if you're worried about the Thunder being too good to tank, which is one of my favorite phrases ever, um, just just put Hami at the front. Just make Hami your tank commander because he will he will get you where you want to go. Yeah, he needs he needs twenty five minutes a night minimum. We got to see yeah. what we got in him, Andrew. We got to see it. We, we got to see. see. <laughs> uh, we got to we got to figure. It's a year of discovery. Yeah, I want to discover everything I can about Hamadou Diallo. I want as much point Hami as we can get. You and me are going to be like more negative on the actually good players, like Shay. <laughs> like mm, I don't know what Shay's ceiling is, and then we're going to be like, hey, let's see what let's see what we got from Hami. You know, like this is the time to find out. He could still be something. <laughs> Let's just keep playing him. If they keep Isaiah Roby, we're going to be like, you know what? I'd like to see Isaiah Roby take more threes. Let's get that volume up. How many about threes percentage. It's about could volume. Isaiah Roby take in a game? I think we need to find out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anything else negative? I mean, I said Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson was wretched. I mean, just yeah. he's just a, he's a bad player. He, he was someone He's, I did not like in that draft. And remember, that yeah. was the pick that the Kings traded the Zach Collins pick back for two picks, one of which they got Harry Giles, who's now playing uh, eventually with Zach Collins in Portland. And yep. they also took Justin Jackson. I actually liked the trade down at the time, mm-hmm. and I liked the Harry Giles pick, but when they took Justin Jackson, it's like, come on, there's got to be something else there's you could a, do. Yeah, it was... Obviously not a good pick. He's been bouncing around. I, I, th- I think he can shoot it, but he's kind of a fake shooter to me. He's never shot it well, like as yeah. well as he needs to to stay on the court. So he's he's a little bit of a fake shooter. But who knows? Is, he's gonna is, be... is Larry Markinen also a fake shooter? I don't know. He was he was 
he is a guy that I want to be so much better than he is every time that I watch him. Him and Wendell Carter. Like yeah. Wendell Carter sets sets good screens, but both of those guys. Yeah, I, I kind of like thought Wendell Carter was like a, a Al Horford type. Yeah. And uh, I'm he, very tempted to take Wendell Carter in fantasy basketball tomorrow night because he's getting a lot of hype on the fantasy sites because it's like, well, who else is going to play for the Bulls in their front court? Like, they have to find out what they have with these guys. But then I watch yeah. them, and I'm just underwhelmed every time. I think, very, I think Zach Levine is great. I think Kobe White yeah. is great. Yeah. I mean, they do have some young players I like. But, yeah, that front court, I'm still waiting. Yeah. Unimpressed. Yeah. I was what, impressed with Patrick Williams, though. Like, Patrick Williams is legit. He's very energetic. He is. Yeah. He was everywhere. I like him. Yeah. Uh, one of our commenters, White Black, says, Larry, Larry was really good in his rookie season. I agree. That's why I got sucked in. Yeah. He was He was yeah, really he was. good. Mm-hmm. He did try. He attempted to murder the Thunder with a dunk. That was fun. He did. He was driving a little bit more than I anticipated, so I think that's good. But, yeah, I'm very interested with this Bulls team because as – you know, I don't know if you have any preseason hot takes. You know, you've probably watched a couple games of various teams at this point. Mm-hmm. One of my takeaways was that we maybe we went a little too far on the Bulls. I think we were <laughs> – you we, we both suggested they might be the dark horse and maybe said, why can't they be better than the Hawks? Which, I mean, maybe they could, but – I've now watched two of their games, and uh, I'm not feeling as good about that. Nope, nope, already might, wrong. Might want to pull back on that one a little bit. <laughs> Are there any other uh, preseason takes you've had just from watching a few games? Any oh, teams that interest you? I, I think the Suns are going to be super good. Yeah, uh, there, a lot of people were sharing clips tonight of the Suns, just just them playing good basketball. Or, or Chris mm-hmm. Paul coaching up DeAndre Ayton. Or Chris Paul yeah. directing people on the court in game. He's going to make a difference. Yeah. And I think, and I think yeah. having Jay sense. Crowder in there as well is really helpful too. Because now their starting lineup is completely legit. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the other team that people, uh, especially John Hollinger. You know, John Hollinger was the one that got me co- more confident in my Timberwolves over pick. Yeah, and within a few games, he's already saying like, "I I do not feel good about the Timberwolves at all." <laughs> There's so many below average players that are gonna get that are gonna get minutes yeah. on this team. And then uh, Matt Moore did a really good write up on the Kings. He picked the Kings to be the worst team in the Western Conference. Really? Yeah. Well, like he made the case why looking at all the teams in the Western Conference, everyone's kind of picking the Thunder, but. He was saying, I think if your next pick should be the Kings. Interesting. Uh, which that kind of scares me as well. What, what? I don't understand the reasoning on that. Like, Darren Fox is super good. But he, he is. Really good. He is. Harrison Barnes is Harrison Barnes. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's odd. Um... Preseason take the Nuggets are still going to be awesome. They are uh, they are whooping up on the Blazers tonight, didn't they? Yeah, I mean a lot of people are down on the Nuggets. So I produced oh. several podcasts this week that with lots of people that are down on the Nuggets. Well, maybe that's a good lead-in into our final eight over-unders because we're going to talk about the Nuggets. Let's do it. Okay, so we have 
eight Western Conference over-unders, although it's really seven because one is off the board, Andrew. You cannot <laughs> bet on it. There is no line. I think you can guess which team. But we're going to go through the eight teams in the Western Conference that made the playoffs last year, including the Oklahoma City Thunder, who we will save for last. Our big reveal. Do we think the Thunder are going to be good enough at tanking or not? Stay tuned. But we're going to start with the Portland Trailblazers. Eight seed last year, won 35 games, equivalent to winning 39 games, below 500 team basically. This year they're projected to win 40 and a half, which is equivalent to winning about 46 games. Still mm-hmm. still not crazy. Key losses, Hassan Whiteside, Trevor Reza, Mario Hazonia. Key additions, Robert Covington, Ennis Cantor, Derek Jones Jr., Harry Giles. I also wanted you to know that Rodney Hood is coming back from injury and Zach Collins... Yep. Who is injured? Yep. He is uh, targeting mid-January. So I do have. I want to start off because they made a lot of moves. They're getting some guys back. They brought some guys in. Crystal mm-hmm. ball question, Andrew: Will the Blazers have a top fifteen defense? Now you're saying, is that even possible? Last year they were twenty eighth in defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. The year before, however, they were sixteenth. So they have shown the ability to be a mediocre defense. Do you think they could hit 15? They bring in Robert Covington, solid mm-hmm. defender. Mm-hmm. and Get Nurkic back. And his canter. <laughs> not, and his canter. Not an argument for this. Is Derek yeah, Jones is Jr. Bit... any good? I mean, honestly, Derek Jones Jr. is better than what they were throwing out there for most of the season last year at small forward. He's better than Hazonia. Yes, uh, I think they'll be improved, but no. Okay, okay. So the question is, do you think that they've done enough to be the equivalent of a 46-win team? Oh, boy. I think yes. I think they have. I agree with you. I think that Yusuf Nurkic is one of the more underrated players in this league, and he's on an amazing contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember back when we would compare him and Steven Adams to each other. And the fact mm-hmm. that Steven Adams has consistently gotten paid way more than Nurkic, I don't think accurately reflects their uh, comparative value. I think Nurkic Nur- is way better. Yeah. Nurk is really good. And he was, I mean, yeah. I was stunned at how good he was in the bubble because he was coming mm-hmm. back from a major injury, ton of time off, and he came yep. in and just dominated. So that was great to see. So you have to figure he's. Maybe not bubble level, but he's going to be really good. And then I love mm-hmm. the move of bringing in Covington because they have struggled so long with just having competent mm-hmm. defensive players on their roster. And when you have a backcourt like Damon CJ, you have to surround them with defensive players. And like last year, it was, you know, they had a, a little month of Trevor Reza playing like average defense. And then outside <laughs> of that, it was just mellow. <laughs> and Mario Hazonia. It's like Dude, terrible yeah. options. As good as Melo was offensively for them at points. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm feeling I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling positive about the Blazers. Yeah. Same. I think that uh, Damian Lillard is still pretty underrated. Wow. So. Still. Now. I think so. I think so. I mean, I've. That's not what I just uh, don't hear uh, Rockets Twitter I don't hear would say. I just don't hear his name as much as I do a lot of other stars in the Western Conference. When we're talking about stars in the Western Conference, I don't I don't hear his name a whole lot. So I would agree, but I would also say 
that no player gets celebrated more for their individual accomplishments without having like huge individual accomplishments. It's like he hasn't been to the finals or whatever. No one gets celebrated more than Dame. And for good reason. Like he puts his team on his back in a way that you just don't see a lot. Um, But it, it is funny because I do somewhat agree with Rockets Twitter that like the media narrative about Dame and Harden and Harden has accomplished so much more than mm-hmm. Dame. I mean, he's been to the finals or the the conference finals twice. I guess he's been to the finals once as well. He's been to the finals. Yeah. I mean, sure. he's a better offensive player. He is one of the best scorers in the game and everyone just treats Harden like he's trash. And <laughs> <laughs> whereas like Dame is like this amazing player, like barely getting yeah. his team to the eighth seed. Like I get it. I like Dame more, and it's because Dame's cooler. Like Dame's, he's a lot cooler. Maybe the coolest player in the NBA. And he's uh, very cool. And Harden's not. Harden's not cool, unfortunately for him. Although I yeah, do think if he cool. gets really fat and is still as good, that would make him pretty cool. If we had the first like genuinely big guard, like a you could like a noticeable gut every single game, and he's still dropping like thirty five points a night. <laughs> I'd I'd have a hard time not getting behind that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, moving uh, on. Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs. Last year they won forty three games, equivalent to forty seven games. This year their over under is forty two and a half, which is equivalent to winning forty nine games. So they're bumping them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key losses: Seth Curry, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. <laughs> Key additions, Josh Richardson, Josh Green, James Johnson, Tyrell Terry. And of note, Porzingis is targeting the beginning of January. Now, Andrew, I have a deal or no deal for you. Okay. Although you can't really accept no deal. I'm really just asking you to make a bet. Luka Doncic is the clear favorite for MVP this season. If you go on the betting websites, he is number one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to force you to make a bet if you lose – you have to give up down-to-dunk host duties to Luke and Taylor for one year. One of them has to host every single down-to-dunk episode. You can still be on it, but they're the host, okay? <laughs> okay. The bet you have to make is for MVP. Do you take Luca, or do you take the field? I'll take the field. Okay, taking the field, taking the field. That's very risky, though. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the field. Because I feel like Luca already has the narrative. People are already ready to give Luca the MVP. Because you're thinking, Dude, well, yeah. LeBron's probably not going to play a full season. Giannis isn't winning three in a row. Maybe Steph comes back and is amazing, but is a team going to be good enough? Like if if you don't think you don't think Giannis can win three in a row? I mean, I think he could, but I don't. I, no, I don't actually think he could. I think he could in the sense that he, I think he's going to have a really another good year but I don't think they're going to give him three in a row. Yeah. Maybe they will. Maybe. I mean, people are very excited about him re-signing with the Bucks. Very excited. If he were to leave or get traded, then I would say there's no chance. Yeah. But oh, so you think it's kind stay. of like a feel-good story? Yeah, I do. Mm. I do. And because people are really down on the Bucks as a team, because people think the Bogdanovich thing is weird. They hated the way they ended the bubble. And now you've got like, oh, well, Giannis resigned. It's great. If they come out and they they win the equivalent of like 68 games. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like they could, how could you not pick Giannis? Well, you know, whatever. So it's, I mean, that's, I think it's possible now. I think if you were traded to Miami or traded to somewhere else, there would just be no, absolutely zero chance. And obviously the other, there's some positive, positive storylines. The other main candidate is Anthony Davis. Um, He's the other favorite up there on the top. I just, can you see AD really winning the MVP? No, it does seem weird. I just don't. Yeah, I, don't I don't think of in, of him that way. Maybe it's just because he's on the team with LeBron. But somebody said KD could have an MVP chance. Possibly. KD's, KD's looked pretty good. If if Brooklyn and I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. If everything clicks, they could be the number one seed in the East. And if they are, why wouldn't Kevin Durant get the MVP for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very possible. KD's garnered a little bit more goodwill as he's coming back from his injury. Everybody's rooting, rooting for him to come on back. Oh, yeah, that's a comeback story. Yeah, Tearing your Achilles, everyone hates you. Yeah. And then, boom, he's back. Okay, 49 wins, 49 win pace. Do you go over or under for the Mavs? Basically, I have to pick them to be a 50-win team. Under. Under. <laughs> under yeah. for Andrew. Why? Yeah. He's the golden boy. I love Luca. I think he's great. Uh, you just want him to the fail. The Josh Richardson addition is is nice, but I'd rather have shooting around Luca. He needs more space. And Josh Richardson is going to play a lot. And he's yeah. shown that he's not a spacer or a creator. Uh, he's a nice defender. He's, he's a, he can score at some, but like is I don't love that fit. I don't love that Chris Stapps is out for a little while. We don't know what he'll look like when he comes back. I don't know. I mean, I, hmm. like Tyrell Terry's probably not ready to play. Uh, they're like Jalen Brunson needs to be very good for them. Josh Green will probably need to play for them. So, oh yeah. Jesse Smith says they need George Hill. Yeah. Heck yeah. If they get George Hill, then I'm back on oh, right okay. now. I'm, I'm off. I'm off the Mavs train, but they they need like they need a floor spacer. They need somebody that can really shoot it. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not really that guy either. Yeah, I just I feel like if you put Luca on uh, the floor with four NBA players, you know you're going to have a good offense. Like it doesn't really matter. Like they're going to be a top five offense, and I feel like Josh Richardson raises their floor a little bit because he's going to improve their defense at least more than Seth Curry did. And so yeah, he will some. And they're getting back some guys too, even though Porzingis is injured again. Um, mm-hmm. They are getting back. Uh, who's their big man? Dwight Powell. And they're getting yeah. back somebody else who was injured. Don't know who it was. Um, so I'm actually going to go over. I'm over on the Mavs. Okay. Fifty win team. Wow. Easy. Wow. Easy. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, next one. Who I'm, I'm I'm excited about this one. Okay, the Utah Jazz. Okay, last yeah, year let's do this. won 44 games, 50 win pace. That was. Yep. This year, 42 and a half is our over under, which is equivalent to winning 49 games. Their key losses: Tony Bradley, Ed Davis. Key additions: Derek Favors, Yudoka Azubuki. Basically, the same team. They bring mm-hmm. back Derek Favors. Bogdanovich is back from injury. He's been playing in the preseason. He's back. 
Before we get into over-under, I do have a crystal ball for you, which is what do you think happens with Rudy Gobert? Because he has an offer on the table for a quote-unquote regular max. Rudy asked mm-hmm. for the super max, which he has uh, he's qualified for. Yep, He's asked for it. They don't want to give it to him. They, they suggested, hey, why not you just take a regular max? And he has yeah. not signed it yet. People are thinking, oh, he'll probably sign it, but maybe not. But when you start looking at this free agency next year, if Rudy Gobert had any desire to leave Utah, do you feel confident he could get that same max that the Utah Jazz are currently offering him from another team? So I went on uh, Spotrack.com looking at teams with their actual, I forget what they, they call this stat, but it's like their functional cap space for next summer. And these are the teams that are going to have at least $30 million. Knicks, Spurs, Thunder, Bulls, Grizzlies, Cavs, Raptors, Hornets, Pelicans, Magic, Hawks. I would say Thunder, Pelicans, Magic, and Hawks are probably not candidates for Rudy Gobert. Yep. Mm-hmm. Grizzlies probably are not, but maybe. I don't know. Cavs, I don't know. He's not. Let's say this. He's not going to the Grizzlies. He's, yeah, that's true. What about, though, what about the Raptors? The Raptors I like. Because the I'll Raptors... Watch. Obviously, they lost their big men. They lost Gasol. They lost Ibaka. They brought in some yep. stop gaps with Alex Len yep. and the other guy who I can't think of. They have the space, and you put Rudy Gobert on that team. They'd also have to re-sign Lowry, though, as well. Which, so maybe you have to do some finagling. Yeah. But a team with Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, maybe in a, a lesser role at that point, still have Siakam, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. OG. Oh, gee. Stop it. You better stop, oh, gee. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So I guess my point is, like, should Rudy sign this? Because I feel like he can get that same contract next summer. Now, you obviously risk getting hurt this year, and maybe it's not there next summer. But if he's healthy through this season, I think there are going to be enough teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he signs it. Okay. I think he signs it with the. I think he signs it with the Jazz, which ultimately uh, helps the Thunder because that's just another twenty-one free agent off the board. Yep. All right. Yeah, I think I think I think he signs it. Utah Jazz. Do you think they are over under the equivalent of forty-nine wins? Over. I think they're going to be super good. Wow. I thought this was going to be a point of disagreement between you and I. I also think they're going to be over. I think in this mm-hmm. weird COVID season where there's been a ton of, ton of player movement but not a lot of time to build chemistry, they yep. are probably the team that is best set up in terms of continuity. I mean, they are not having to work in anyone new. Like Derek Favors was there two years ago. He knows everything. Yeah. Like yeah. They're going he to be able to hit – there. Yeah. They're going to be able to hit the ground running in a way that I don't think a lot of teams will be. And yep. – you know, something that you're kind of banking on is that we see an improved Mike Conley. He's now a year in this system. He was not good. He was on my fantasy team last year. And the first part of that season, he was pretty, pretty bad. He yep. eventually started coming around, and I thought he played better in the bubble. If you get a better version of Mike Conley, you got Bogdanovich back, Gobert, really happy with his new contract. Yeah, I think that's a 50-win team. Yeah. And I feel pretty I good about it. I feel good about it. Mitchell is, I mean, coming into his, what is this, fourth year? 
He's going to be really good. Yeah, just sign his extension. Yeah, I think I think that team is going to be awesome. And Derek Favors was apparently um, a guy that could speak to Mitchell and kind of uh, kind of just be his guy that could say whatever to him. Yeah, which I think is helpful to have him come in. He's kind of a glue guy in the locker room, and I think they missed him last year. So I'm. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of what the Jazz do, and I their coaching is is really good. And you have to remember, I mean, if that Mike Conley shot that looked really good in the bubble, if that just if that goes down, changes everything about what we think. And just that one shot, if he just hits that one shot, then we don't get to see like this crazy performance from Jamal Murray. And see, I mean, maybe do the do the Jazz end up being the team that beats the Clippers? Like, do the Clippers fall to the Jazz? Yeah. Maybe they do. And then if that happens, like, we're coming into this season with this Jazz team that is, oh, they not only beat the Clippers, but now they're getting Bogdanovich back, and they're bringing back Derek Favors, and, like, man, they're reloading. Is this team going to the finals? Could they beat the Lakers with this reloaded roster? I don't know. You know, we could we could be doing that, but... It didn't. That shot didn't go in, uh, and we people just think the Jazz suck, but I don't think they do. I think they're really good. All right, so we're both over on them. The next one off the board: Houston Rockets. They won forty-four games last year, equivalent to a fifty-win team. But you cannot bet on them this year because of James Harden. Their key losses: Russell Westbrook, Robert Covington, Jeff Green, Austin Rivers. Key additions: John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, Christian Wood. David Nawaba, who had actually signed last summer, but he's coming off a torn Achilles and he's playing now. Um, so not nothing. You can't guess on the Rockets. There's nothing to guess. I guess we could briefly talk about the report, the Tim McMahon story that came out, which was basically mm-hmm. about how the Rockets just let James be James, and and maybe this is you know chickens coming home to roost in a way because they kind of built this monster and now they're having to live with. The decisions they made, which uh, I think is interesting because I think you could probably write a similar article about Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. The difference being that like Russell Westbrook shows up on time and he's like much more committed in a way that James Harden has not been throughout his career. Yes, Russell would never, ever do this. Never, ever. Even if he was unhappy, he would never, ever not show up to training camp but i mean like even purposely leak pictures of on his own instagram of where he's at i mean just never ever even the stories though i'm talking about like the little things of like showing up late to film sessions which they actually give they gave a great story about harden showing up late to a film session and russell westbrook just being furious and being like just start without him like who cares just start and they wouldn't do Mm -hmm. it and i just can't imagine how mad russ was in that moment because Russ, I mean, he grew up in, yeah. you know, people talk about the Miami Heat kind of having this, like, military style. Well, Oklahoma City is kind of like that, too. Like, they're a very regimented organization. And sure. that's what you hear from players who come in and sign as – sign as free agents. Get traded here. Let's be honest. <laughs> they get traded here. They talk Talking about – New Orleans? <laughs> they talk about, like, what a professional organization Oklahoma City is. It's just, like, very well run. And everyone's kind of yeah. on the same page. You don't hear about this kind of stuff. 
And I think part of that is that Russell Westbrook was that kind of guy too. And he fit in really well with that system. And so when he went to Houston and saw that, you know, he, he probably would have been fine with James getting some preferred treatment, like preferential treatment, but it was, mm-hmm. it sounded like it was more Harden not showing the respect to his teammates or his team in general, whether it was like showing up late to something or getting to decide like, Oh, I'm, going to be hungover i'm partying tonight i'm let's not do tomorrow's practice or it's going to be excused absence for me stuff like that i'm sure that stuff just infuriated russ and i feel like it makes a lot more sense now why russ wanted out yeah i also think that russ knew that this was coming like he knew that james was going to do this and so he's well like, i got you got to get get me out of here first so i think the most interesting detail from that story was Tim McMahon reported that last summer when James said that he wanted them to go get Russell Westbrook, he said, if you don't do it, I'm going to demand a trade, which is just a really interesting sliding doors moment because Red94 brought this up on Twitter. Like, if they had traded James then, like, they could have gotten that Paul George Hall or something equivalent, and they could be in the position that the Oklahoma City Thunder are now. But instead, they overpaid for Russell Westbrook and now we see what happened they could have they really honestly could have been bizarro thunder yeah where it's Chris Paul Shea Gildas Alexander Danilo Gallinari and then the cast of characters around them dude that team with like you still have PJ Tucker Daniel House like (laughs) I mean that would have been a very good team (laughs) it probably would have been better than last year's Rockets team easy yeah I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's exactly right. Like James Harden should. I mean, they should have just said, "Okay, we'll trade you." Which it makes and, sense. Like that's Maury's guy. I understand why yeah. he didn't. But well, now I mean, everybody jumped ship pretty quick. <laughs> Coach, GM, right? Russ, like everybody's like, "Okay, we know what's happening here. We gotta get out of here." I love his interview from today. <laughs> He was asked what he was doing in Atlanta and Vegas during training camp. He was training. Said, he said, I was training. And then the follow-up is so good. <laughs> he says, for what? <laughs> the start of the NBA season. <laughs> Why in Atlanta and Vegas instead of Houston? <laughs> My personal trainers. <laughs> oh, it's just so, it's just such a perfect exchange. <laughs> training for what? <laughs> It's crazy, and if you oh, watch if you watch so that good. preseason game, like he still looked like it's still James Harden. Like he didn't look bad. He's still doing James Harden things, but I, I think yeah. it's very interesting. Uh, you know, going back to that sliding doors thing, I wonder if Tillman Fertitta wasn't the owner, and yeah. Maury could see himself in Houston long term. Would he have been more willing to do some shocking James Harden trade last summer? because he would have enjoyed the rebuild staying in Houston, but because of Fertitta, he knew I'm eventually going to want out anyways. Why don't I just make this trade? We'll see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just leave, which seems yeah. like what happened. Yeah, it's possible. And, and maybe he could have even like extracted more. Cause I, I still think that like James Harden's value last summer is probably more than what Paul George's was. Uh, and maybe you get, like Montrez Harrell in that deal too. Yeah. You know, like that's... Then you just have like... Because, yeah, someone just mentioned in the chat, like Capella still would have been on that team. Like, yeah, they 
they would have had a they would have had like ten yeah. good NBA rotation players. I mean, like, yeah, you have Capella in the Stephen Adams role. Like, it really would have been bizarro Thunder. Like, it honestly would have. And then, like, what did the Thunder look like? Because then, like, you lose your Paul George destination. Yeah. And like, do they run it back? Like, what? Do, like, I don't Whew. think they do. Well, but what do they do? I'm gonna blame this non-trade on Fertitta and just thank him again. Yeah, he's, he's the gift that it's keeps a, on giving. It's, he's our he's our hero. He is our honestly, hero. <laughs> because I mean, I mean, the Thunder if they run it back, go out in round one, three years in a row with this Paul George, Russell Westbrook team, like oh boy, then what do you do? Then like their value is plummeted. Then you're then you are the Rockets where James Harden's value is not where it should be right now. The yeah. Rockets are placing it where it should be, but you don't hear about like a ton of teams like jumping in. You hear about the Sixers saying, we might, I don't even, we don't even want to include Ben Simmons. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> like this is James Harden. Which, I, what, it? what else are you going to include? I will say Giannis signing that max, that super max is the reason why you don't trade, do the Brooklyn Nets trade three weeks ago. Because any of those teams that were banking on Giannis, they at least have to consider, like, eh, should we just go after James Harden now? Like, that'd be a pretty nice fallback. Like, we have to start (laughs) planning for the future at some point. I don't know. Like, a team like the Knicks, and I don't even know if they would have enough to give, but I just feel like, why not? Why not? James Harden in New York with Tibbs. Oh gosh, that's a disaster. Such a disaster. I still feel like a Ben Simmons for James Harden deal is probably going to happen. I do too, but the closer we get to the start of the season, the closer we get to the Sixers starting off really well because their starting lineup is going to be good. Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. I have a feeling that is going to be one of the best five-man units in the league if they stay together. It's like a glove, Alex. It's, it's like a glove. It's going to be really good. And if they get off to a hot start, they're not trading for James Harden. Five fingers in a glove, Alex. All right, we got to keep going. Denver Nuggets. Okay. We don't. We didn't have to choose anything there. Off the board. Denver Nuggets, 46 wins last year. They were a 52-win team. This year, over under is 43.5, equivalent to just winning 50. 50 wins. Key losses, mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Tory Craig, key additions, Jamichael Green, RJ Hampton, Facundo Campazzo. Great name. Uh, of Great note, name. Will Barton will be back from injury. Will the thrill. Yep. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. He's back. Gary Harris looked better in the bubble than he has in like two years. So maybe he's yep. going to be okay again. And Monty Morris mm-hmm. just signed extension. They've still got yep. a lot of really good players. Yeah. The question is, are they as good as they were last year? Or is there potential for a little bit of a fallback? I think regular season, I think they're... I'm I'm going to go ahead and say I'm over okay. with them. I think regular season, they're going to be good. I think they're going to do similar things that they did last year. And I think they want Michael Porter to be in a more prominent role. I think that Jermichael Green is a helpful bench player. I think Will Barton is a uh, that's a 
I mean, he's scored 15 points per game when he was played for them. Like that's that's a big deal to lose him and then to not skip a beat. I don't know. I think to bring him back will be very helpful for them. So yeah, I'm not. I, I know Jeremy Grant loss is is big for them, but if Porter can come in and play 25 to 30 minutes a game and score efficiently and shoot it well, regular season they're they're not going to miss Jeremy. Like they're just they're just not. Now come playoff time, if you have to guard LeBron and whatever, they couldn't beat them with Jeremy Grant anyway. So like, what does it really matter? Like when we're talking about this team, um, I think Jeremy Grant's good. I think we've, we've probably gone a little too far on Jeremy with the way that we have treated the Nuggets and the people think how far they're going to backslide because I do think that like bringing Will Barton back and Porter and Jermichael Green, like you can definitely bring together a team that's going to win a ton of games. And they still have their best player, Nikola Jokic, who's only 25 years old. Jamal Murray is only 23 years old. Those guys are going to come back. They're going to be better just because guys that are stars that are that age, they just get better. And so I would... I would guess that they're going to raise the level of this team. I wouldn't say they're going to be a ton over that, but I would still, I still think that they're not going to backslide too much, even though they did lose Jeremy. Well, I am going to go under Andrew. One of our first disagreements, and it's not necessarily because I hate the Nuggets. Um, You're a hater. I just realized that I've chosen over on all the teams so far. Somebody has to be <laughs> under. And is it possible that the Nuggets end up being worse than the Jazz and the Mavericks? I could see that. I could see them being lower in the standings than those two teams. It wouldn't shock me. And they could still be... I would be shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked. You would be shocked? Why would you be lower shocked? They, the only won, they only won... Lower than the Mavs? Dude, the Mavs were so good last year towards the end of the season as they like really started to come on. I'm I'm really yeah. high on the Mavs, but it's Luca season MVP. You're going to choose him in fantasy tomorrow night, aren't you? Third I'd pick. I'd like to have the chance to. Yeah, I'd love to have the chance to. You need this. I'm going under. Jeremy Grant, no sh- sinking ships. He got off another one. <laughs> got off. Join, yeah, join the Pistons. <laughs> uh, no, I guess if I had one concern, it's that. Integrating Michael Porter Jr. is much different from integrating other types of players. That's He's going to take up a lot of usage and shots, and it's going to be a little bit of a adjustment. I mean, we saw them do pretty well with it in the bubble, but it's going to be different mm-hmm. when they're playing you know, 72 straight games. And if he's not as good as he was in the bubble and maybe his defensive limitations become more apparent in the regular season because you're now starting a lineup – with, you know, Porter Jr., uh, Jamal Murray, Jokic, who I think is probably better at defense than we all think, but he's still not like an elite defensive player. Maybe mm-hmm. that hurts them more, and maybe it's really difficult for them to maintain an average defense. And maybe that's the reason why they finish potentially lower than like the Mavs and the Jazz. Again, yeah. they could win 49 games, and I'd still get it. So there we go. Yeah, And the reason why I have to go under is because... I'm going heavy over. I am locking it in for our next team, the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh. Los Angeles Clippers, 49 wins last year, equivalent to winning 56 games. This year, their over-under is 46 and a half. 
over 82 mm-hmm. games, that would be 53 wins. Their key losses, Montrez Harrell, Landry Shamit, Jamichael Green, key additions, Serge Ibaka, Luke Kennard, Nicholas Batum. I feel like people are way freaking out about what happened in the bubble. I don't care. They were a 56-win team last year. Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard missed a third of the season. No, 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 sorry. Paul George missed a third of the season. Paul George. Obviously, Kawhi is still going to miss some amount of time because he doesn't play back-to-backs, whatever. Paul George missed a third of the season last year. He only played 48 games. Yeah, He's going to play more, and Paul George is very, very good, despite what you may hear about way off peak. I think yeah. this is easy, easy money. They're going to be over 53 wins. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George playing a decent amount of the season – is going is easy 50 wins and then i think bringing in serge Ibaka, who i think is better than montrez harrell i do i do i think for winning for winning isn't that what we care about andrew for winning i think he's better luke Kennard, yeah. i really like him if he's not hurt <laughs> but he's been hurt but he's been hurt but back he's he had some really nice days back in the in pistons land and i used to pick him up on my fantasy team i'm not even going to make a case for batum because i don't believe in batum but those first two, Abak and Kennard, I do like them. And I think you could yeah. argue those are upgrades over Harold and Shannon. So I'm going over with my Clippers. You, your <laughs> my, Clippers. My Clippers. You're not worried about the amount of known losers on this team? Who? Name one. Reggie Jackson. All right, that's one. Nick Batum. Nick Batum, is, I heard you call him a known loser. He is not a known loser. He's a known loser in the way that Boris Diaw was a known loser when he was terrible on those old Bobcats teams, and then he went back to the Spurs and became amazing again. He was no, 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 no. Boris was amazing for those Suns. He would have never been a known loser. No, I'm, Batum was amazing for the Blazers back in the day, and then he went uh, to the Hornets slash Bobcats, similar to Boris Diaw, yeah. to get some money. Great for him. He decided he didn't want to play for a couple years, and now he's going to the Clippers, which are the new version of the Spurs. Because Kawhi's there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what makes it. Uh, Lou Williams. No, no he is not a known loser. What has he won? Name one thing he's won. Name one thing he's won. He's won a lot of six men of the year. Yeah. A lot of people lose getting those. He's been uh, – he uh, had some really you know good what he, with You know what Rockets. he lost in winning that? In winning the six minute of the year, he lost the ability to ever start for anybody ever again. Loser. He is on a, a very cheap contract. Lower than I would think. <laughs> Which suggests because maybe there is some maybe people know I'm something just, I don't. People he's known. <laughs> it's known. They have so That's ma- what I worry about with the Clippers. There's too many known losers on this team. Whatever. I'm not worried about it. And I think uh Ty Lu is gonna be great. Uh, Ty Lue was you know, last time I saw Ty Lue coach in basketball uh, he won a ring actually he did really terrible that next season and, and then he got fired but before that mm-hmm. he won a ring and mm-hmm. I think that's great for him and so here we go Clippers <laughs> 2020 2021 this time we have chemistry <laughs> that's their slogan for this season <laughs> I think their biggest weakness from last year is still the same weakness this year. Which is the playoffs. Is Who the, cares? The, which they don't have a lead guard. Again, 
who cares? They won 56 games last year without a lead guard and with Paul George missing a third of the season. I know. I think they'll miss Trez during the regular season, too. So are you going under? Surge can't replicate what Trez did in the regular season last year. No, he can't. He's not that kind of player. I mean, their their bench units are going to take a hit in terms of scoring. Yeah. But uh, that's why you bring in the wizard on the court, Nicholas Batum. <laughs> He's a wizard with the ball. Okay, so are you... He's a wizard. Are you going under? Averaged... What's the over-under again? It, you have to pick them to win about 53 games. The equivalent of 53? Yes, the equivalent. Oh, Lord. You can't go... After you crapped on my take you can't go back now no i just think it's i just think you're crazy going way over but it's not even way over it's just i'm locking it in i'm so confident that they're going to win 54 games is that what you said did you say 54 well i'm saying that's all they have to win for me to win (laughs) could they win all 72 (laughs) yeah oh shoot i think you're i I'm here's here's why I'm gonna say over. Oh, because, because I do think that they feel motivated to shut people up. They they better because if they don't, if they don't, if they're just like a mid pack yeah. Western Conference team, they're they're gonna get roasted. They'll get roasted. I think. Yeah, I don't. I still don't believe in them as a title contender, as like a team that could go win the NBA title. I don't believe it. I just don't think Paul George. I just don't think Paul George has it. I think we've seen enough. Has what? Seen if has that? I mean, I've seen him Gatorade. just wilt away in the playoffs. Over. I mean, how many years in a row has it been? Four. Yeah, it's like how much more do we need to see? Like, what else do we need to see from him? He just got paid. Like, what is he? Like, great. I just don't I don't know. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy Paul George as a guy that's that's going to show up. Every time when the moment mattered most, he has just withered away. Year after year. Remember that game winner hit over Gobert though? Yeah, regular season it was really cool. It was fun. That moment didn't matter. It, it didn't matter to me. <laughs> matter to me <laughs> it in the it just didn't matter though you know what i, I mean you know what i mean yeah okay so it's you're just, going over though okay great all that going over. all that talk over okay our second just, to last I just one don't like them before we can okay. finally talk about the thunder oh my god los okay. angeles lakers yeah. 52 wins last year equivalent to being a 60 win team this year they're projected to win 47 and a half equivalent to a 54 win team that means they're expected to lose six more games, just so we all know. Same page. Yeah. Key losses, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters. Key additions, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Wes Matthews, Mark Gasol. Andrew, another bet for you. For this one, mm. if you get it wrong, you not only have to give up complete control of down to dunk <laughs> to Luke and Taylor, you also have to start your own rival podcast called Tanking is a Mental Disorder, where you have to cover the thunder from an anti-tanking perspective. The bet is <laughs> NBA championship. Do you take the Lakers or do you take the field? Lakers. Okay. 
You don't. You don't want to be the host of tanking is a mental disorder. <laughs> no, I think they win the title. I just. I think that, like at this point, LeBron getting to the level, the number of championships that MJ has is like it's there. Like he can get there. Yeah, it's becoming much more so, realistic. So he's. I think he's going to be locked in. I think Anthony Davis went to a completely different level last year. Uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is a great addition for them. I think Montrose Harrell is in a really nice regular season addition for them where I don't, I think he'll be okay with sitting because I think they're going to want to slide Anthony Davis to the five and LeBron to the four and like, sorry, Montrose, those guys are way better than you'll ever be. I think that'll be fine. I think Wes Matthews is a great replacement for Danny Green. You know, I think Marcus Gasol will help increase the IQ on the team. You got the Talon Horton Tucker hype train. Woo! I'm all in. GHT. I'm all in on this. Like this Lakers team is is stacked. Now this is going to be fun. Stacked. Uh huh. Now this is going to be fun. Now this. Now this <laughs> is going to be fun. Uh, t- Tony. I think Tony Jones on the Athletic NBA show earlier this week said that. He thinks this is the best team that LeBron has ever played on. Really? Hmm. Which I hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I I might agree. Like Anthony Davis is probably the best player he's ever played with. Yeah. Uh, and then from top to bottom, like there's just like quality players like Dennis Schroeder, KCP, Trez, Wes Matthews, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Alex Caruso, Marcus Saul. I mean that's like those that's a lot of guys. Like they have a lot of the guys that have a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, I mean the the competitors would be the probably the Heat team that beat the Thunder in the finals of 2012. And then I think that a lot of people seem to think that the best Cleveland team was actually the team that lost to the KD Warriors uh the the first season of the KD Warriors. So those would be your yeah. competitors. Yeah. I mean Kyrie Versus AD, I gotta take AD. Um, I think the Heat teams are are definitely ones that you'd have to take a, a better look at, like the Shane Battier, Mike Miller, yeah, Heat teams. Like those were really good. Remember when like, uh, Mike Mike Miller Chris lost his shoe? Of course, uh, those you good forget. times. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. I agree with you. I'm going over. You said everything I was going to say. Let's get on okay. with it. Last team. Let's get on with it. Oklahoma City Thunder. Last year, 44 wins, 50 win pace. This year, over under 22 and a half. Equivalent to winning 26 games. Key losses. Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Stephen Adams, Danil Gallinari, Abdul Nader, Terrence Ferguson. Key additions. Al Horford, George Hill, Trevor Reza, Alexei Pokushevsky, Teo Maladon, Ty Jerome. And then all the guys that we watched tonight. Um, before we, uh, <laughs> you remember them? Do you remember the game earlier? Yeah, I was there. Uh, before we give our over unders, I did think it was interesting. Uh-huh. I was on BetOnline.ag, and they do have some individual player props, and yep. they only have one for the Thunder. But it was, it seemed like easy money, Andrew. Easy. It was mm-hmm. SGA over under. 21 and a half points per game and if you take the over it's minus 145 so it has been bet up a little bit but that's yeah. like that is easy money right 21 and a half that's easy money 
That's easy money. Now, the one that I think you could yeah. debate on is they did have another one for SGA, which was over under six and a half assists per game. What do you think about that one? I mean, that's under. I would be, I would be floored if he averaged more than six assists. I do feel like, especially when I'm uh, in fantasy, like when I have a player who gets seven assists per night, I think of them much differently than the player that gets six assists per night. Yeah, I, I would be, yeah, I would be. Shocked. Oh, hold on, we got some Darius Baisley over unders. You can also oh, do. Let's hear. Him. Oh, listen to this, Darius Baisley points per game, over under. Ten and a half. Oh, that's. I mean, that's kind of. I don't know if I'd bet that. You, that's a stay away for you. That's a stay away. I mean, I could see. I could see it going either way. Haven't, haven't you said who's going to score points on this team? <laughs> Somebody has to do it. I think. Yeah, I mean, if if I just, I'm not convinced they can trade Al Horford this year. I hope they can. I think that their ch- the chances increase this week with Giannis resigning, and then when if Gobert resigns, I think that increases as well. But I'm still not confident that they can do it. And yeah, I don't know. He's he's going to score a lot. I, Al Horford's going to score a lot. We saw that tonight. Oh, look at this. We have a George Hill prop. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. George Hill points per game over under. Ten and a half. Give me the under. Oh, re- really? Hand it over, Andrew. Yeah. You think this team's going to score like forty points a night? Somebody has to score more than somebody has to score double digits. It can't just be Shea and Horford. Hummy, Hummy is not Hummy. scoring double digits. Give me the over on whatever Hummy's no, got. There, whatever there are it is, no Hummy props. <laughs> They're definitely. I want to see if there's any Lou Dort props. There's no homie prop. No homie prop. <clears throat> They've got to trade George Hill and Al Horford ASAP. That starting as lineup's going to be deal good. That is, as soon as you get a deal that's palpable, they've got to go. <gasps> oh, Andrew, there's a Lou Dort prop. What is it? You can bet money on a Lou Dort prop. BetOnline.ag, not a sponsor. Points per game over under... Nine and a half. Well, depends on how are you were you uh that discouraged by tonight's performance? <laughs> uh his offer. I mean, honestly, if the goal is to get him to score points, you'd rather see him <laughs> taking a ton of shots. Yeah. So that actually true. gives you more confidence. It bodes well. Okay, last one. Terrence Ferguson. I'm just kidding. There's no Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> player props this year better not better not (laughs) oh man i I hope he does some i mean i hope he you know i hope he takes some shots in philly just takes them i just hope he takes them he's going to be on a team where he's going to be very encouraged to take them it's maury ball yeah come on terrence just fire away does he play no does he he play for them he he doesn't but yeah i don't think so either like cork maz is ahead of him matisse is ahead of him Mike Scott is ahead of him. Danny Green is ahead of him. Maxi. Like, there's just too many guys ahead of him. Seth Curry ahead of him. Maxi. Yeah. Maxi. He's buried. He's buried, but but he's going to get a shot. He's got to be ready. All right, Andrew. To end the pod, over under, will the Thunder win the equivalent of 26 games? That's scary. 
That's it is scary. Twenty six is really kind of like right. I I think I mean with with it just it is all very 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 dependent on what happens with George Hill, and with Hal Horford. Like it 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 is because you get if those guys are gone, then we're talking about like oh Justin yeah. Jackson minutes. We're talking about Ty Jerome minutes. We're talking we're talking about that know, second half we Hamadou saw today. Diallo. Yeah, I mean it's it changes everything. If those guys play, I think it's an easy over, like very easy over. I think they could win 30-plus games. But I'm going to say under because I have faith that Sam will find trade destinations for both of these guys in time Mm. to keep the Thunder as a bottom-five team in the NBA. So I'll say under. And, you know, traditionally, Andrew is the optimist. I am the pessimist. Our roles are kind of reversed now, even though it's opposite, because now we're in tanking thinking. Tanking is a mental disorder. I am going over with the thunder because I'm pessimistic. (laughs) 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 I think that starting lineup is going to be killer. I think it's going to be really nice most nights. Yeah. And the bench bench will be bad, but I don't know. 26 wins is kind of like right in that sweet spot. Yeah. It's a very good over-under. It is. It is a very good over-under. And, like, you just you just hope that maybe all the luck that they had built up last year, that maybe they used it all up there at the end of games. That is, and maybe that's all gone. That is true. They got incredibly lucky last year in terms of uh, injuries. I mean, if, if there's one injury to a, a key guy on this team, oh. like it's done, like boom, you're done. Or if or if like, if somebody like gets COVID you. and they're out for two or three weeks, like done. Yep. Yeah. If Shea turns an ankle, done. Toast. See ya. See ya. Yeah. Which is very possible. All right. So the next time we'll talk, are we gonna? Is wait, are we gonna have a? <laughs> is next week Christmas? <laughs> I mean, yes. Is it Christmas Eve Eve next Wednesday? Yeah, it's twenty third next week. Okay, the twenty. That's the the Thunder play that day. Oh, they play that. Day. So maybe we'll do another night pod. Maybe we could do another night pod. They play Houston. Oh, Houston we got to do a night pod. Yeah, we got Nut- next pod. Wednesday night pod. Maybe we'll even bring some other people on. If if the other yeah. boys want to jump in, I've been thinking about this. If I could get Red ninety four to come on the pod, would you want to do it? Hell yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Okay, all right, I might I might do some some sleuthing. No, I see if we can make that happen. I think Red ninety four is well, he's a great follow, but he is he's a great he is the type of fan I like because like mm-hmm. you can tell he's kind of doing a bit most of the time where he's like yeah. playing the role of like the fanatic crazy fan. Uh-huh. But but you know that he's kind of joking the entire time, so it's it's very funny. I, I I appreciate it. Yeah, no, he's great. He's wonderful. He's he's acting he's the exact way if I was in the same situation. Yeah, it's a miserable situation. It's terrible. I can, I mean, imagine like the way we defended Russell Westbrook for all those years, fighting off yeah. people, and then yeah. if he had demanded a trade in this way. When when we still feel like we have a good team to put around him, like we right. would have gone crazy. Yeah, 
I've enjoyed his uh, <laughs> him like trying to pump himself up about John Wall. I would I would be doing the same thing, man. <laughs> How could so you not? Sad. Dude, it is so. At sad. At the same time, have you been watching him? Seems like Wall still got I've some s- juice. He does. There's some. There's some Wall juice there. There's definitely some Wall juice. He's got some zooms, man. He still looks. A, he, he does. Still looks fast. He's looked pretty good. He's actually looked pretty good. All right. So next Wednesday oh night, tune in. First real tune game. In. Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder. The year of the tank or another run to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schleck. Follow Alex on Twitter at Al Baby Cakes. Thanks for listening. If you are on the stream, thanks for following along. This is a long pod, hour 24. Oh, my goodness. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.